You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. How do you keep students engaged? Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And we're going to talk all things student engagement today. And this comes up a lot in some of the discussion groups that I'm in and the Facebook group that I run, where people want to know how do they keep their students participating in the program. And you'll have seen it if you've ever run a course, there is a natural drop off rate. The longer a course runs, the more people drop off. So you might be running, say, a six-month program and and people will fall away during that period. But you'll see it even, say, during a five-day challenge that people will be really enthusiastic on day one and will drop off towards day five. And I guess the first thing I want you to know is that it's natural. So there isn't a 100% completion rate for programs. And I don't think I've ever seen a program that has a 100% completion rate. And it's not your responsibility necessarily to make sure that there is a 100% completion rate because it's not possible. But you can look at strategies to help people stay on board. Rather than forcing them to complete, we can encourage them to stay as long as possible. And so that's what I want to talk about today is how do you keep your students engaged? And the really important thing here is that you need to know who is using your course. So students are far more likely to stay engaged if a course is well-structured, well-broken down and easy to use. It's naturally engaging. So rather than forcing them to fight an uphill battle with a course that's um, clunky or too long or too split, like rather than forcing them through something that's not enjoyable, if they're actively enjoying the content and finding the course easy to use, it will be easier for them to stay engaged. And so we'll take away some of that resistance. So you need to think about a couple of key things. One, what do they want? Content that is interesting to them will encourage them to keep coming back, especially if it meets their needs. So if I've signed up for a program and I'm actively engaged in the content because it's interesting and I want to know the answers and I need to know the answers because that's the problem that I'm trying to solve in my life, then I'm much more likely to stay engaged because I need the content. So the first biggest thing is what do your students want to know your content needs to be matching exactly what it is that they think their gap is, that their problem is, and providing them the solution that they need. And if you can match that, you've got step one in naturally being engaging because they will keep coming back because they want to learn the content. Part two, how do they learn? So if you can create content that fits easily into their life, that is easy to consume and use, then they're much more likely to stay engaged because they don't have to try and struggle to find time to use the content. So if you've got an audience that's on the move a lot, maybe they're runners or walkers or they're traveling, they spend a lot of time on the train, then audio lessons might be a really easy way for them to consume the content rather than having to force themselves to sit down and get to a computer and and do those sorts of things. Same if you've got an audience that has really short time available, then tiny bite-sized lessons allows them to consume a lesson at a time and actually get through some of the content rather than forcing themselves to find an hour to watch a one-hour webinar or a two-hour webinar. Finding bite-sized pieces of time might be easier for them than finding a whole chunk of time. Same then if they're tangible learners, giving them something to write on could be really useful. But if you've got an audience that doesn't have a printer anymore, then providing printable worksheets isn't such a great idea because they just can't use them. 
So a lot of that really comes down to how do they want to learn? What type of content do they find the easiest to engage with, the easiest to consume? And if your content is easy to use, they're much more likely to use it. Part three of this is what support do they need? So if they're feeling well supported, it will be much easier for them to reach the end. And you'll find that in any aspect of your life, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed or tired or anything, it's likely you're just feeling unsupported. You don't think you've got the people there to help you out. So you don't think you can take your foot off the power and take a step back in your life. And so that's why you feel overwhelmed or that's why you feel tired or that's why you feel whatever else. But really the feeling is unsupported because if the support was there, you could take the rest you needed and you'd be fine. So it's similar in your courses. If your student is feeling overwhelmed or drained or doesn't understand, then really they're feeling unsupported. And so what we need to look at is how can we provide the support to help them get through the content? Now, that might be things like live calls, but it might not. It might be just ensuring that maybe there's an FAQ or a help file that's actually helpful. I've been stuck recently with a Facebook issue. Their help files are not particularly helpful. It might be that there are group calls where they can come and ask questions, but it might be if they're struggling with the implementation that you have co-working sessions, live time, so people are just working together to get the stuff done. And implementation or co-working sessions are a really good way to help people focus on getting things implemented, which is an important part of your program. So what I want you to think about in those three things is who's using the program What do they want to learn? How do they want to learn it? And what support do they need? If you can put those really key elements into your program, then it will be naturally easier to use and absorb and naturally more engaging. From then, you can add extras like gamification. But I see people come in here first, right? They're like, oh my God, I need to keep students engaged. I'm going to add all these fancy bells and whistles. I'm going to add badges and points and rewards and certificates. And and those things are great, right? They're definitely useful. And gamification has been shown to add extra elements to a course that can help keep people engaged. However, if you've got a crappy course in the first place, no amount of bells and whistles is going to fix that. You need to have good, solid core content, which is broken down in a way that meets their needs, which will help it be naturally engaging. And then if you want to, you can consider adding things like points or bonus content to unlock when they get to certain stages. But there's no point adding that stuff first if you don't have a solid, well-built course. That's my rant finished. Okay, so it's time for the action step because you cannot build a course by listening to me rant about courses which that was a bit of a rant, you need to actually go away and implement and do something. And so today I want you to think about student engagement. If you have run your program already once, look back and think about how your engagement went. Look back at your stats and see when the drop-offs were. If you've run a freebie like a five-day challenge or a seven-day challenge or something, look back and see where the drop-offs were and think about how you can engage students better so there isn't such a drop-off. If you haven't run your program yet, actually don't want you to freak out about student engagement too much, but I want you to focus on building a really good program. And by doing that, you will naturally engage your students and you won't have to fight so much to really think about what you have to do to keep them engaged because they will want to learn. It'll be easy for them to learn. You'll be giving them the right stuff at the right time and therefore they will be more naturally engaged, which sounds way better for both parties. However, If suddenly everyone drops off and they're not engaged, we're going to talk about re-engaging next week. So worth holding on for that one as well. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. 
Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.